to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. So much so, I am not going to talk about all the Christmas stuff I am not ready for right now because I want to remain fantastic. How about you? Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. When I was getting my laptop so that we could record this morning, I walked past the box of stuff, the -hmm. Christmas stuff that I have yet to do anything with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think I'm going to put that back in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of sounds like sweeping stuff under the rug. I'm just saying. I'm perfectly okay with Christmas stuff to sweep under the rug. I am perfectly okay. I did manage to get my tree up. So the rest of it, I'm... It's going back in the garage. Like, did you put lights on the tree? I did put lights on my tree. This is good. This is good. It was better than I just had this this naked tree in my head standing up in your closet and the and the decorations in the in the garage. But this is not bad. This is good. You're doing great. I I honestly don't know where my tree skirt is, and I I'm I'm gonna have to be okay with it. So I'm just looking at the stand and. I'm okay. I'll throw some gifts under there and you won't see it. You won't even see it. No, Mm -mm. see, we're not going to stress over that. This is a no stress Christmas. I'm thinking that I might (laughs) order Chinese for Christmas Eve or Christmas. Mm -hmm. I have to figure that out Mm because that they'll be open for Christmas and, and maybe order some pizza in the day before. I don't know, but this is not going to be a stressful Christmas. This is not it. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be it. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm really happy about that. See, I love it how I change things about my life and make myself yeah. less less stressful now please talk to me in another week and see how i am <laughs> uh, yeah no i haven't done any shopping so there's that anywho i like getting way uh, rid of stress and i love getting rid of fear which is uh-huh. what we are talking about today and i am so excited we're bringing back another guest we like doing that don't we we do. And we talked with Dr. Brown, Dr. Stephanie Brown. Um, I think it was like last year or maybe it could have been even two years. Oh, I think it was two years ago. Wow. That's crazy. Well, um, that's only because we only talked to her on the podcast two years ago. I was like, well, we I talked know. to her and we talked to her. But I okay, know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we actually collaborated on Clubhouse um, mm-hmm. for a while, too. So we still get a... Um, still get to hang out with Dr. Stephanie Brown and but we're happy to have her back. I was actually watching I follow uh, Dr. Brown on um, Facebook and in the last two years just watching her progression and um, it's just been really inspiring Mm-hmm. And I just got to a point where I was like, girl, can you please come back on the show? Because <laughs> I can't even take it anymore. I have got to get some of what you got right now. So um, I want to introduce um, y'all to Dr. Stephanie Brown. Um, again, we want to welcome her back. She is an ICF credentialed professional certified coach. She specializes in working with professional women who desire to show up as their best selves and are motivated to overcome whatever is holding them back in reaching their professional and personal goals. Dr. Brown is recognized as a top 1%. Okay. Can you say top 1%? That, 1%. That's pretty Impressive. Yes, impressive. Mm-hmm. Upper Black echelon. girl magic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> sorry, sorry. She's a top 1% life coach by Yahoo Finance. Stephanie's 
coaching philosophy is based on the knowledge that challenging one's thoughts and beliefs is key to shifting our energy, which allows us to move forward with actions that lead us to the joy and the success that we desire. Mm. Her signature coaching membership is called Queens Realign Coaching and is a space for Black professional women to receive coaching, accountability in a supportive group as they learn techniques and tools to help them achieve their goals. I mean, top 1%, girl. Yeah, welcome uh, back, Stephanie. Stephanie. This is Thank amazing. You. Thank you. It's so good to be back. This is definitely one of my favorite podcasts to listen to and one of my favorite podcasts to be on. So it's wonderful to be back. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. I mean, like, okay, so Twanda actually alluded to the fact that we're going to be talking to you about fear. I think she's going to be talking to us about fear because I have questions. She's talking to you. Is she talking to you? No. Yeah, 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 because you don't have fear. I don't have have any fear. Mm -hmm. No, and I think that's part of the problem is that we don't recognize as as we get older, we think that we've overcome a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Mm, there's a lot of stuff that that we actually do ha- have a lot of fears kind of wrapped up. And Dr. Brown, Dr. Brown, is it okay if I call you Stephanie? Because I'm going to probably end up calling you yes, Stephanie. Please. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we call her Stephanie all the time. I'm I know. just playing. Okay, go for no, it. No, that's what I mean. Like, I, I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful though. But um, she has come up with nine steps to becoming fearless. And, and so um, we want to talk to her about that because we need some help. I know Twanda needs help. I don't need help. Oh my god, Twanda needs help. I need help, huh? Okay, it's just me. Ramel brought That's this up. You. And... <laughs> Ramel brought this um, the nine steps to being fearless up, and I read through them, and they are very, very clear. But I also oftentimes realize I, in reading them, I realize where oh, I might not be owning up to some some fears. I might not be owning up to uh, how I'm actually addressing them and thinking I'm addressing them when I'm really not. So I just thought it would be good to consult with the expert and find out if I'm understanding her the right way and then it'll call me out if need be. If I'm just like, you know, making up, making myself, just ignoring the obvious. So mm-hmm. with that, uh, I feel like we should let people know what the nine steps are. Is that the something? Nine fears, yeah, right? the nine fears. Yeah, nine no, steps nine to being steps fearless. To mm-hmm. Yes, my bad. Mm-hmm. I was right. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll step back. Okay. okay. Is that uh, Stephanie? Are you in a position to read those off for us? Sure, sure. So, the nine steps that I came up with to becoming fearless because it's it's interesting as you talk, and I know Romel, you don't you don't have any fears. I have <laughs> so many fears, right? <laughs> I have so many fears and have had so many fears that I had to come up with steps to to deal with uh, becoming fearless. Because in order to do what I want to do, I have to continually become fearless. So the nine steps, the first step is to acknowledge your fear, right? Um, we, we all have fears. Uh, sometimes they are a little bit more apparent than other times. Sometimes they're, we're conscious of them. Sometimes they're unconscious. But to acknowledge your fears, the second step is to confront it. The third step is to use positive self-talk. 
Uh, a lot of our fears are really in our minds and our thoughts. And a lot of times those, that inner critic or those gremlins, that negative self-talk is really our fears showing up. The fourth step is just to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Ooh, Ramel, as you talked about, you know, as you have been watching me over these past two years, and I just really appreciate that you've seen the growth. I think sometimes we just do what we do and we don't necessarily see the, the progression, but there was a lot of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh, I think that that is, that's a big one. The next step is make being brave a habit. Just make it a habit. I was in my my coaching group recently and one of the members, and we were talking about fearlessness, was talking about how she went to her daughter's birthday party and it was at iFly. I don't know if you guys have ever been at iFly Mm-mm. and she wasn't, it's, so you do like, um, you're basically flying, you're in this tank and you're flying in the air. Okay. Oh, it's, it's like, the. It's simulate skydiving. That's yeah. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. Oh, okay. See that that's your very fearless. Um, <laughs> so she was not planning to do it, and there was an extra ticket, and they were like, "Do it, do it, do it!" And so trembling, she did it, and then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna give you a bonus so you can go higher." And she was already in the situation, and so she felt that peer pressure to go higher, but she did it, and she overcame this fear. And because she overcame that fear, she's like, I am going to do real skydiving. So now she has scheduled herself to go on a trip to do real skydiving. Because when you just make it a habit of being brave, then it gets easier. I'm contemplating whether or not I'm going to go with her. You know, heights is one of my fears. You and Ramel both. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I don't I am surrounded. Mm -mm. (laughs) I do not. But I like, it's a fear, but I keep doing it. And I I keep thinking that it's going to become less of a fear. It's still a fear. I still keep doing it. Like I zip lined in, uh, in some country and, (laughs) and I was climbing up the thing and I was like, okay, I'm going back. My husband's like, you can't go back. I was like, I'm going back. And I got to the thing. I'm asking the guy, well, what about, and he just pushed me. I'm thousands of feet and I'm just like screaming. But but did it answer your question though? Did you get your question answered? You know, while you were screaming, going through the jungle? No, he he, he was like, no, I don't have time for this. You're up here, you're going. And he just pushed me and that was that. I love it. Sometimes we need a little push. Sometimes we need a little push. That's what I learned from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the, the next one is practicing mindfulness. Finding a mentor. Sometimes we need help overcoming our fears, embracing failure. What I, so have, questions. Mm. what I have learned is that, you know, failure is not really a thing. Um, you can choose for it to be a thing or you can choose for it not to be a thing. So the way I look at it is if I just take the word failure out of my vocabulary and I look at that concept as by God's grace, I got a chance to do and try. And by God's grace, I'm getting another chance to do and try. Because the fear of failure is one of the biggest fears that people have. And so if you just kind of redefine that thing, that's that's one way that I embrace failure. 
And the last step is don't aim for perfection. Um, perfection doesn't have to be a thing either. Okay. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Well, we, we saw it. We loved it. We read over it a few times. And then I said, hey, Ramel, what does this mean? And she was like, well, I think it means, I was like, I don't know if that's what it means, because I think it means. And then we, you know, had a little argument and said, like, okay, I know who to ask. I know who to ask. Well, you know, let's get, let's get Stephanie on top of this for us. So I wanted to go backwards and address each of them because we had some questions. And, and then maybe you can help us get through it. As far as acknowledging fear, that was the first one. I think that one was pretty pretty simple. We know the things that we are afraid of. It's not something I always want to tell people in public. So when I'm acknowledging this fear, I'm just telling me, I'm not necessarily telling the world, like, do I have to be brave enough to say, hey, y'all, I'm afraid of spiders. Or, so I'm not afraid well, of spiders. But like, know, what is acknowledging? I'm going to disagree say. with you. See what I mean? I told you See? we were arguing about this. Uh, here we go. Bring I it. think it's, I think it's easy when you have a fear of spiders or if you have a fear of heights because they induce a actual feeling in you i think the right okay okay but when you have say a fear of failure mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily feel a certain way about it i think it's like you or if i have a fear of completing a project my fear of completing that project doesn't necessarily show up as a feeling it shows up as a result of me not completing a project you know what I mean or being challenged you know so that's what I for me acknowledging the fear is very different for like a phobia than an actual fear of that do you understand what I mean mm-hmm and I understand what you mean. And both, both things are true. When I say acknowledging fear, I am thinking of it on a deeper level. I'm thinking of those fears that we're not necessarily walking around knowing that we have. We walk around knowing that we're afraid of heights or we're afraid of spiders. We don't necessarily walk around knowing that we're afraid of disappointing our parents if we make a certain decision mm -hmm. or that we are afraid of being judged if we um, if we don't do something perfectly. Those are the fears that it's important to acknowledge because those are the fears that keep us stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, my definition of fearlessness is not letting fear stand in the way of my destiny, right? So that means all of the, the things that I feel that I'm placed on this earth to accomplish or to do when I'm not doing those things or when I'm stuck and not moving forward in those things, I believe there's fear there uh, because I, I believe that at the, the base of our emotions are kind of fear and love and they're kind of taking up opposites, opposite base. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I've read books about this now that I think about it. When you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's what that book was trying to tell me. There are like two emotions in life. It's just love and, and fear, not love and hate, but right. love and fear. Wow, you're just opening some things up. And you're right, when you talked about digging deeper into it, not just the fear of spiders or the fear of 
heights, but the fear of rejection came up for me mm-hmm. or the fear of not being good enough. So I guess that's failure, fear of, of trying something and realizing you can't do it. Like, I think those are the fears that I might see on the job or mm-hmm. the fear, even sometimes the fear of not parenting, right? Cause you know, every season uh, my kids are growing up and then I have another challenge. Like right now, the challenge is parenting remotely. And I'm scared I won't do it right. Did I call all the kids enough? You know, did, did, did I check on this? Did I help them with this? You know, did I prepare them for this in life? So I, okay. So now I think we're bringing up more fears. I hope there's a breathing exercise at the end. We can definitely do that. And another thing. <laughs> That you said, Ramel, you talked about um, the physical sensations that you have with those, those more conscious fears, like those phobias. But I think we have physical sensations with other fears too. I was going to say that. I was like, wow, Ramel, you don't have that. Because I was like, I don't have fears though. There we go. Right. Right. She's stuck on number one, acknowledging the fear. <laughs> we might have to come back when she's ready to do that. But, but Ramal, when I fear, I fear losing out. I fear, I fear that I'm going to regret not doing something I should have done. Like I, and I physically fear, feel that as well. Like I feel mm-hmm. very similar to when I am scared of what am I afraid of? I don't know. Um, not, not heights, but you know, like what I imagine you fear. I think I, I have those sensations of like, wow, if I don't say this in the moment, that thing that I'm afraid to say, I'm going to miss out on the opportunity to say it. And I feel of, uh, I get a physical reaction from that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk yeah. about confronting it though. Cause I know you thought it was really easy, you know, confront it. Does that mean that's doing the thing that scares you? Not necessarily. So I think that once you acknowledge it, you're like, okay, so there, there is a fear here. Like you said, a fear of getting it wrong when you're remote parenting, Mm -hmm. confronting it is really just kind of having a conversation with yourself about it. Now that I acknowledge that this exists, I'm not going to sweep it under the rug or like the Christmas ornaments or, Mm -hmm. um, or pretend that it's not there. I'm going to actually confront it and and deal with it. And and maybe that might mean saying, okay, yes, you're here. I acknowledge you, but you only have the power that I give you, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm taking away your power. You know, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm taking away your power and I understand you're here and maybe you're trying to protect me, but I don't need you anymore. So just kind of looking at it face on, seeing what role it's playing in your life, how it's affecting you and deciding if you want it to continue to play that role or not. Um, So that's what I think of when I say confronting it. So is that, does that mean you will confront your fear of heights by jumping out of a plane, a perfectly good plane? Is that what we're saying? I just want to make sure I'm understanding that as a good example of you confronting your fear. That is definitely an example of me confronting my fear. Yeah, because when I do that, um, I just kind of remind myself that that fear is not more powerful than I am, that I am more powerful than this fear and I'm confronting it. 
And it, it doesn't mean that I, that the fear completely goes away, but it makes me feel um, like an overcomer, right? I yeah, feel very brave and I feel very fearless. I feel yeah. fearless when I jump out of a plane or I skydive or I zip line because I know I'm not letting that fear stand in the way of my destiny, right? You know, th- this place was beautiful and the views were gorgeous and that I felt like I was there. I wanted to experience those views and I couldn't let that fear stand in the way of me experiencing those views because that was part of my destiny in that moment. So I had to confront it. I do like the feeling of overcoming. Like I actually have a fear of, I think I mentioned this before, I have a fear of regret. Like I don't want to miss the opportunity and then have to walk away from it and say, oh man, I didn't do it. I didn't say what I was supposed to say. I didn't do what I really wanted to do. And I feel like, so I usually end up confronting it because I'm, it's like, I got to confront it one end or the other. And I do like to win. I'm a little bit competitive. So I do like to win. I don't want the fear to beat me in doing something I want to do. So I think sometimes I'm, I confront it by just because of the fear of not doing that and knowing that I didn't do it. Oh, and I've jumped out of a plane before. Girl, it's very nice. It's an, it's an amazing <laughs> experience to be a bird. Like, you know, that's what it feels like. And it's an amazing experience. I would highly recommend it. But I would have to say I'm not afraid of heights. So for me, like not a confronting a fear is going to be something completely different. So I'm going to be working on on that one. So I'll, I'll get back to you. We'll do that. Uh, Ramel, do you have any examples mm-hmm. of you confronting a fear? Okay. Because I'll bring up one if you don't have one. So. Oh, go ahead. Bring, bring <laughs> no, up one. Bring one for up you. One, uh, one for me. One for that's you. fine. Yeah. Oh, bring really? it up. I, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, I Let's wish we could it. do this more often. Okay. <laughs> Ramel has started to paint. Oh, she yeah. has not been a painter, to my knowledge, in all the time I've known her. And then she started buying canvas and paints and all these different colors and she's painting and then she'll get to a point where her painting is beautiful and then she'll want to paint something else that's gonna if she messes this up the whole painting is messed up and i do believe Romel, you're at that point now your painting is gorgeous and now you have to put a big old tree in front of it and if you screw this up i'm sorry i'm not helping i'm not helping dr stephanie i'm so sorry oh boy you're so funny but isn't that when you are You're at the point of confronting it. I I am. And we actually, it's funny. We were talking about this last night because I'm in a point, I'm at a point in this picture where it calls for something, but the picture would look okay if I just left it, you know, but I am like, I need to go. I feel like the reward would be better. I mean, that the reward for putting it there will be worth it. But if I mess it up, it's going to mess up all the other efforts that I made. And I think it's kind of like parallel to a lot of stuff that I end up doing in my like more serious part of my life, you know, like starting a project, doing well at it, getting to a certain point where I have to make a decision and, and then I can get hemmed up and just like not move forward. You know, mm-hmm. so it's very parallel to 
a lot of stuff that happens to me. Of course, if that's a, of course, if I had fears, that would be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, but since you don't have a fear, I, I, I fully expect you to to paint that test tree well, on your actual painting because you don't have fear. No, you know? I don't. But so. you know what? The way I, I did confront this one is to paint a test tree to see if I could if I could do it. And what I found out, like um, I told Tawanda, because she said, your tree was really good. And I was like, yeah, I surprised myself. I was like, oh, shit, like I did that. Like it actually came out really well. And so for me, the baby step was to do the test tree to see whether it would work in that space and that I did have it within me to do it. And I surprised myself. So I think it's a really good example for me in my everyday life, how I can kind of show up for myself and just yeah. um, baby step into it if I need to. I love what you said about baby steps because yeah, that's a great strategy to take the baby steps. And I guess just like my client that I was talking about, the baby step was to get into the thing and go a certain mm -hmm. height. And then the next baby mm -hmm. step was to go higher. And now her next big step is to actually do skydiving. So yeah, taking those baby steps and then being, a, being able to see, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Mm -hmm. And well, and that goes right to the next thing, like use of positive self-talk. Mm -hmm. You can do this step. Okay. <laughs> I struggle with that one yeah. because is it like when you say I am rich, I am make skinny, it you, make it. I am, you know, all these things that aren't true yet. I mean, but I want them to be true. I always feel silly if I'm, if I'm, you know, that fake it till you make it. Is that what, what is positive self-talk again? I think it's, you can do it. But I want to make sure I differentiate that from you're tall, girl. Girl, you're tall because I'm like 4'11". You know, so I can't be like, girl, you're tall because that's lying to myself. So that's not like positive self-talk, right? So help me out. I just just need a little bit of help. Yeah, I, I would say that that's a lie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie to yourself. Got it. That's different. Right. Okay. So... You, you, you're talking about affirmations. And so, yes, affirmations can be one way to have positive self-talk. But, you know, there's this whole school of positive psychology, which has been studied and proven that if you use positive words and positive thoughts, that you see better outcomes. So whether that's, um, it's been studied in people who are sick you know, people who were prayed for, people who um, had positive thoughts and positive energy. So it's a proven scientific thing. So but positive self-talk is just like what Rumel said. You said, I surprised myself. And so when you, when you say, I surprised myself, or you painted, you did that girl, you painted that tree. The same type of self-talk that you tell your girlfriends and your best friend, but telling it to yourself and what you say mm -hmm. to your girlfriends and your best friend and your daughters, um, you're not telling them something that is false. You may be telling them something that is part of their potential and has not been manifested yet, but it's still true. But mm -hmm. telling that to yourself, you know, sometimes it might just be, okay, you're not going to die. Yes, you're up here <laughs> and you're flying through the sky, but- 
you you're not going to die. You are going to survive this girl. I know that was <laughs> what I had to tell myself when I was zip lining through the middle of the uh, Mexico. That's fun. That's fun. I can see you zipping through Mexico saying your affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> I am safe. I am wonderful. I am I safe. Am, <laughs> I am a bird. No. <laughs> I am a bird. There we go. There you go. Well, I mean, and well, and that kind of leads me to the next one. If getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oxymoron. Can you do that? Oh, I don't want to do that, Dr. Stephanie. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't like it. How do you get comfortable with being? Is that like just accepting? Well, here's what I do understand. And maybe it's the same thing. I just need to think of it the same way. I realize that life is going to give me hurdles life is going to give me challenges it can't all be rainbows and butterflies so i know that i'm going to face some challenges sometimes i'm comfortable knowing that life is going to going to test me right mm-hmm. i i feel like that's a realistic way to think of things is that similar to like get get comfortable with being uncomfortable like yeah what do you mean by this so I think that growth happens outside of your comfort zone. If you're growing and you're evolving and you're becoming, then that's happening outside of your comfort zone. So when you embrace opportunities to be uncomfortable, that's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. When you walk into opportunities to be uncomfortable, when you go to a networking event where you know not one soul and you know not what outcome is going to be there, but you know that one of the things that you need to do to grow is to network. You say, okay, this is going to be very uncomfortable. Um, And you just do that and you do other things and to the point that you just kind of get used to being uncomfortable. I think that might be another way to say it. You get used to being uncomfortable. So I would actually say I took everything that you said and I categorized it with the next bullet, which was make being brave a habit. So where you are constantly putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations, uh, maybe to prove to yourself that you can, uh, it's something you need to do and you can feel proud that you did something you need to do. But it's still bringing me back to, but how do I get comfortable with that? Because in the moment, my heart is racing, my hands are sweating. You know, I am mm-hmm. fighting the urge to turn and run and, Stephanie, you're sitting here saying, get comfortable with that. Does that take us into to the breathing part? Because I feel like I need to breathe. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely, it takes us into the breathing part. And it also takes us into the part of realizing that your, your brain is processing and telling you what is what, right? And the way you feel when you're excited is the exact same way you feel when you're scared that heart pounding. Um, Sometimes um, you get sweaty or clammy, your voice might crack. Those are the exact same physical components that happen when you're excited as when you're afraid. So if you tell your brain, this is because I'm excited, not because I'm afraid, this is because I'm excited, then you can get comfortable with being in that uncomfortable situation because you've just told your brain how to process it. Instead of Mm. processing it through a lens of fear, process it Mm -hmm. through a lens of excitement. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. I I feel the potential out of that. <laughs> I receive no, it. Seriously. I receive that. No. Yes. I do because instead of saying like, oh my goodness, this is so hard and this is so thing or whatever, you can say, oh my goodness, I might get an opportunity to do something new and great and fun, or I might make a connection that I mm-hmm. have never thought about. If I frame it differently, maybe I can move myself through that being uncomfortable part. Yeah. I like the I idea. I use that technique all the time. Um, I think it was Mel Robbins who I first heard that technique from and I use mm-hmm. it all the time. And then, like I said, in the beginning, I've had a lot of fears. Like I was one of those little kids. My mom was an artist too, um, Romel. And she drew this beautiful mural on my bedroom and it was like Charlie Brown and Lucy and Mm -hmm, all of these figures mm -hmm. on my bedroom walls and so it was beautiful in the daytime but at night (laughs) in the daytime (laughs) at night I felt like I was seeing shadows and stuff was moving and I would get so scared that I would get out of my bed and I would run to her room and she would always have to come in and turn the lights on and show me that everything was fine and shine the light on the bed. So I knew that nothing was hiding there, but I was afraid of those, those shadows. And as an adult, it's the, it's the same thing. I think our fears, we're afraid of the shadows. And um, one, I went to a conference and they talked about fear and they called it false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me um, to just realize, okay, this is false. It, it just appears real. It's not really real. It's a shadow. And when you shine the light on those shadows and you're able to see what, what actually is there, what you're projecting or what's being projected from other people, then you can read, you know, you can think about it a different way and get comfortable with being uncomfortable and allow your body to you know, adjust to that and not be in that, that fearful or that panic mode. That's good. That's good. It is. That's actually a technique. I'm, oh no, I'm looking forward to feeling fear, but I'm looking forward (laughs) to the next time I feel that fearful um, sensation and telling myself, this is excitement, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you take this, Mm -hmm. this is, this is excitement and seeing if I can rewire that I present in front of people for a living. And most of the time, it's not a fear. I get a nervousness right at the beginning. And I do it so often, I'm surprised that I still get that nervous feeling. So I just say, you know, this means it's go time. You know, I've turned that into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my body says, all right, do the magic that you do. It's about to go time. But instead of thinking of it as, as fear, I just say, you know, is I do. I was like, okay, I think I'm just excited to get started, you know? So I, I think that might work for me. I'm going to try that out. I'll let you know how, how it, how it works. Okay. No, I'm, I'm excited to actually use that because I have a, few things that are coming up this year that this year because there's like three weeks or two weeks left of this year you mean next year right oh excuse me next okay, just year within mm-hmm. the next mm-hmm. within the next 360 i got it days, i'm following you okay. carry on thank mm-hmm. you thank you but no but no but it, it's gonna make me is they're gonna make me uncomfortable and so i appreciate you giving me some way to frame some of those feelings as they approach to be able to manage 
them and move forward because there are things that I absolutely want to do. That's the stupid thing, Stephanie. <laughs> there are things that I absolutely want to do. It's not like I'm I'm being challenged to do things I don't want to do. I'm being challenged to do things that I absolutely, if you had asked me last year, I probably wouldn't have even mentioned that, but it would have been like, you know, traveling or creating a business or doing these kinds of things. And there, those are all things that I'm going to be doing. Great. But now it's like, whoo, all right. You know, and so being able to take that energy and be able to help me focus it so that I don't talk myself out of doing some of these things that I've been so excited about, you know, I, so I appreciate it. That's well, I'm it's powerful for me. I'm excited for your next 365 days. It sounds like you're going to be doing some amazing things and I can't wait. To, I, so. I can't wait to witness. It just reminds me that I get a lot of positive um, feelings from facing my fears or doing something that I was scared to do. And just, you know, I know, I know how it feels to be on the other side, to be able to say, I did it. And so I think that's one of the things that can help motivate me when I do want to run the other way, when the fear comes, you know, when I'm sitting in the sweaty, uncomfortable state, you know, I just know if I keep pressing through, get to the other side, that feeling is, you know, like rewarding myself with ice cream. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I made it to the to the finish line. I got to the other side. So I'm really interested in, in being there. I do have, I wanted to take us to the next one because mm -hmm. I feel like this is the answer that every physician has ever given, every book on advice for anything. Oh, you need to lose weight. Oh, you need to lower your blood pressure. Oh, you need to be more successful at work. You need to garden better. I don't know, whatever it is, like anything, you need a better marriage. It's practice mindfulness. It's like the answer to freaking everything. It's like, they just throw that stuff on everything. How is- It's like the hot sauce. <laughs> it's like the hot sauce it to is. all the and things so I'm better. Like, how are you applying practice mindfulness in this scenario? Like, I'm not surprised to see it because it's every freaking where. So how, what does practicing mindfulness look like here? Oh my goodness. You just called out the whole profession <laughs> of physicians. <laughs> throwing this for one. And okay. So I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm recovering. Um, so, I'm sorry about that. Just, yeah. She's not really sorry. I think that what you said, it, it bears repeating because if that is what is being prescribed, it means that the problem is that society in general and people in general are not mindful. <laughs> and that's why mm -hmm. mindfulness can be the answer to so many different things. I think most of us are kind of on autopilot, on a hamster wheel. I mean, there's so many things to keep track of in life. I believe we have to balance doing with being. That, that that there's a balance between doing and being mm -hmm. and that the doing mm -hmm. is when we pour out energy and that the being is when energy is being poured into us. Mm -hmm. And the being is also kind of a state of just kind of 
resting in our authentic self in whatever form that takes. So that's what I mean when I'm, I'm saying practice mindfulness. So if you are stuck, your fear is keeping you stuck because you're afraid of failure, you're afraid of judgment, you're afraid of whatever it is. You've already acknowledged it, you've, con- you've confronted it and said, okay, you're here, I'm going to find a way around you. Then in order to really get to that space of dealing with it, because most of the time that fear is in your unconscious space, you have to get out of that doing and get into being, because that's really where you're going to be able to address it. And so to get into a being state, practicing mindfulness is a great way to do that. So that can be meditation, that can be journaling, that can be yoga, that can be breathing, that can be anything that allows you to just clear your mind and um, be present, just to be present. Uh, so that that's what I mean by practicing mindfulness, because as you're going through doing all the things that you do, that's not the battlefield where you confront and overcome fear. Say that one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> that space of just doing and being in constant production and being on the hamster wheel, that's not the battlefield where you mm. confront fear. Thank you. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I got a little bit of the shivers on that one. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. I think a lot of us live a way too, spend too much time on this hamster wheel and I need to get off yeah. of it. I need to do more mindfulness. I think that it won't feel so stepping on toes when I see it, if I do it more and I can say, well, I do it. That's good. And everybody else should do it. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I think I'm not doing it enough because every time I see it, I'm like, why does this keep coming up? Which is probably a sign <laughs> that I'm not doing enough. So that's fine. That's fine. Well, I receive that. I'm okay. You know what I will say is since I started painting again, mm-hmm. I mean, like since I started like really actually working on this, like I would say almost every day, mm-hmm. um, it's that t- I have no other time to think about anything else, mm-hmm. but each individual stroke, each individual thing. And it like, it gives my mind a break mm-hmm. from all the other things that are around me. More so than when I actually sit down and try to meditate. When I sit down and try to meditate, it's like, hey, girl, what you doing over there? Did you, you know, I mean, like Christmas all my gifts thoughts. Yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, so what time are we getting up from here? Because, yeah, I got things to do. You know, I don't ever think about those things when I'm painting. I all of a sudden I finished doing what I said I was going to do and it's however minutes later it's like literally however minutes later Mm. it's just it kind of melts away and so I have tried traditional meditation if you will like sitting down Mm -hmm. and trying to be quiet and I can do it but it takes a lot more effort than me just focusing and doing something I really enjoy and just kind of removing the hamster wheel it's very much it's very calming to me. Mm-hmm. I'm that's thinking cute. that's gotta mean that's the right thing to do. It's like, well, you found your meditation because that's what meditation is supposed to do. So however you find it has to be the right way. As long as you're, you're achieving mindfulness. 
and I'm, I'm, that's a beautiful expression of of being of your being and um practicing mindfulness mm. i i i'm enjoying it and the more i do it the more creative i'm becoming so it's it's like it's like it builds on itself which is really cool the one thing that Tawanda and I were talking about again is um on your list is this finding a mentor. Where do you sign up for this? Like, how do I get one? Like, do they come with, you know, do they come with a label? Like, <laughs> use I can't this Google mentor one. if you have. Yeah, I like, I Go need on one. Amazon. Do, how, do you I know get what, though? One? It's funny. You say that, remember, the whole time while we're going through these uh, these steps, I was thinking, oh, well, now that we are understanding them better and we, you and I talk every day, I can be an accountability partner for you and your fear and you can be one for me. And now we know how to say, well, girl, no, that's not positive talk. You need positive talk, you know, just being able to do that it's not that a okay it's not, not a mentor, mentor. But, you know, i think it's another bullet I, on the list i'm Steph just saying i want stephanie to tell me what it is <laughs> oh my get... goodness <laughs> stephanie please help us thank you <laughs> um yes uh, i don't think that there's a such thing as a fearlessness mentor but i think that you find mentors who are fearless in ways that you want to be fearless, right? Mm, so when you okay. when you see those people who have stepped out there and not let fear st stay, stand in the way of their destiny and whatever aspect that is, whether it's a parent, another parent, like I look for mentors and, and people who are parenting teens or parenting children older than mine all the time, because I'm like, you know, I am terrified about <laughs> this kid he's not doing this or he's not doing that. And their calmness, the fact that they have, you know, overcome it or are in the process of overcoming it helps me through that. So mm -hmm. when I say find a mentor, I mean, people who have kind of done the things that you want to do, that you okay. may be standing in the way of what you want to do. And they can encourage you along the way. They can also be your accountability partner and they can just be a great inspiration for you because, you know, if they can do it, you can do it. The, I, growing up, I always heard, you know, God is no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. And so I always say, okay, if, if this person was able to do it, God is no respecter of persons. I can do it too. So that means Love we it. really can pick. You know, it can be somebody who can, who we know and we can talk to and ask questions of, but it sounds like we can also pick someone who might not, we might not have an actual personal relationship with, but we can see their, pro maybe they wrote a book, but, mm -hmm. you know, but they're, everybody's putting stuff on, on the gram, but you know, you can learn from other people's experience and they can mentor you maybe uh, even afar, just seeing what they did. Absolutely. Okay. okay. It sounds like you could have more than one. Oh, in that case, yeah. Right, like one if you're parenting, one for career. Different... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can have multiple. I mean, I consider I've never met Tony Robbins, <laughs> but I still consider him to be a mentor in terms of following his his story. I would say Deepak Chopra. I consider him to be a mentor <laughs> and just mm -hmm. kind of you know people whose energy I resonate with or experience I, I resonate with, and they've kind of 
overcome some of the, the fears that, that I might be going through. That makes so much sense. All right. So I want to tell you guys a few things. <laughs> Why is it funny? I am not, I don't know. You're just anticipating I'm, the funny. I'm okay. anticipating. Okay. Now, okay, this go this for one's it. not funny. This one's, I want to okay. let you guys know that um, I haven't saved up as much money as I would have liked to by this point in my life. I actually got my undergraduate degree was a pretty big disappointment in setting me off in my, she's laughing. Y'all can't see this, but y'all, she is laughing and I am pouring out my heart here. But anyway, so my undergraduate <laughs> degree is didn't, didn't launch me so well. And I've, I've got a few other failures that I don't particularly like putting out there on my Facebook highlight reel. I don't know that I am embracing these failures. We don't say, oh, look at how I forgot to pay a bill and now my credit score is low. Embrace it, give it a hug. Like what does embracing failure look like? Because I don't know that I wanna embrace it. I wanna push it far, far away and say, get thee behind me. Like what is embracing? Why is she laughing so much, Dr. Stephanie? You're just so funny to me, but go ahead. I love this. That's examples. why we're friends. They're very good. That's examples. why we're friends. Yes, right. that's exactly mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you you are hilarious, Tawanda. And I love the example too. So <laughs> embracing failure doesn't mean you have to like shout it to the world, right? It's your own embrace of it, right? Because I think that, you know, Anything that has been a, a, a failure is part of your process, right? If you think about any anybody who's accomplished something great, you think about Simone Biles, you think about um, Oprah Gorman, you think about Oprah, they, before they met, got success, they failed multiple, multiple times. So failure is just the path to success, right? So embracing failure is, not allowing it to stop you, just realizing, oh my goodness, okay, I'm going to have to fail 99 times before I succeed on the hundredth time. So that was a failure. Yay. It means I get to keep going. I get to succeed. And I like to even just change the whole concept of failure that because there's so much emotion attached to the word fail and so much shame mm. attached to it. I think mm -hmm. um, embracing mm -hmm. it means just erasing the shame. There is no shame in failing, right? It means that you had the opportunity to do something and you learned how to do it better. And you got another opportunity to do it and you learned how to do it differently. Or you learned that you didn't want to do it. Or you learned that you wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. a process of going through life um yeah so that's what I mean by embrace failure not telling everybody your credit score <laughs> <laughs> well I know I appreciate that because I think that was one that's one of the things about failure is it actually gives you an opportunity if you just look at it if you say I failed like you turned off the light like the light is off right mm -hmm. then you miss the opportunity to say okay i this did not work the way I wanted it to, but let's look into why. And 
by removing that emotion that you talked about, you have an opportunity to say, I see where if I had done this a little bit differently, I can actually maybe potentially do this and it can work. And so I like the idea of um removing some of the removing emotion out of the failure and be able to look at the, that failure more objectively so that we can do better yes and you know in successive tries that's a great a, point it has to be maybe a love for learning uh, or recognizing that learning doesn't mean you get it right the first time you know learning is a process so even when you try something and it doesn't work out as long as you're still breathing, you have time to try it again and you can mm -hmm. reflect, uh, you know, be mindful and figure out what it was that you might have done uh, that you could have done differently. And just being, I, I guess it, it really takes a reframing uh, the even concept of failure. Maybe there's no such thing as failure. It's just an attempt that hasn't worked yet. <laughs> you know, it's like you're getting closer, you're warm, you're warm, you know, so it is a um, success in the in the making. I don't know. It's, it's a glass half full. I think mm -hmm. we're just having to have to to reframe that and not looking at the Oprah's of the world and uh, Michelle Obama's and thinking, that they just got there their first time and there's something wrong when you don't, you know, just realizing that they probably had their path to go through as well. And maybe not even comparing ourselves to others. Maybe we just need to get off of Facebook and Instagram. I mean, but the point <laughs> is, you know, still embracing failure. I think I'm understanding it a little bit better. Absolutely. I love both of the examples <laughs> that you gave. I think that that really kind of crystallized it and, and made it, made it real. So the last one is, you know, not aiming for perfection. And I've never been a perfectionist. Like I, that, that wasn't my thing. I always thought there was a certain personality type that was the perfection, uh, perfectionist and I wasn't it. So I was like, good. I'm, I've never felt like I was trying to be perfect. So I'm good on that. Um, but for people who need to hear about not aiming for perfection, hey, Ramel, you know, is this one you can expand on? This is not me. This is not me. This is not me. I'm I'm gonna rely on Dr. Stephanie. Okay, to tell in that us case, all about what that happens one. when we aim for perfection? You're telling us not to. What happens when we do this? Yeah. So I definitely had some perfectionist tendencies, and I have a child who has perfectionist tendencies as well. And I think when you aim for perfection, sometimes you can have analysis analysis paralysis, right? Because you are analyzing and plotting and preparing and trying to make everything perfect to the point that you never do or you never try. And the mm. other thing is that if you don't think you can do it perfectly, then you just don't do it. Um, and so it can keep you it can keep you stuck. And it's that fear of not being perfect. And that is like soul crushing to some people. So if you don't aim for perfection, right? So if I'm like building a business and I'm not aiming to do it hundred percent correct, I'm not aiming to get everything, the, the patent, the LLC, the, the financing, the contracts, I'm not aiming to get all of that perfect. I am just aiming to, you know, to start and be on the path and get something right, then the fear is not as great because when you kind of build it up to this 
point of almost impossibility, then usually there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. So a lot of people will, that fear will manifest as anxiety. That makes a ton of sense. I was, especially the anxiety aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a a perfectionist, but there are some, I definitely, I can acknowledge that anxiety when it comes and I don't think, you know, I'm not trying to be perfect, but I'm trying to perform at my best. I'm trying to appear, you know, I, I wanted to, to be my version of successful and the fear of not hitting that causes anxiety. Um, so, yeah, well, at least I don't try to aim for perfection. <laughs> <laughs> You're like out of, out of the whole list. I got one. I, I got, got that one. one. I got that one. That was good. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, Stephanie, thank you so much for walking through this stuff with us. It is so nice to hear someone who has like real perspective Mm -hmm. on, you know, these kinds of things, because I think um, a lot of times people feel like they're being talked at opposed to be, you know, having a conversation with, and I think you bring things to a relatable point. And so I am so extraordinarily thankful to have you here with us. I'm happy for us and our listeners who get a chance to really break it down. I'm not sure if the listeners looked at that, the nine steps and said, what does that mean exactly? But if they did, this is the episode because you could, you could help give us the fill in the blanks. And I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And oh, Dr. Stephanie, before we go, please make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of you. Absolutely. So you can reach me on Instagram at Stephanie Brown Coaching or Facebook at Stephanie Brown Coaching or on my website, which is www.sbcoaching.club. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, we are, we're hoping that our listeners got so much out of that and that if you have the need for coaching, you touch base with Dr. Stephanie. She is so awesome. And we are so fortunate to have her as a friend. So with that being said, until next time, peace and And blessings. blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.